Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, folks. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. It's Alexandra here, and I hope you're having a great Wednesday so far. I know the weather has kind of been a little bit gloomy today and stuff, you know, some rain and whatnot, but hopefully um, the weather kind of picks up over the next few days. I think we're expecting some sunshine Thursday, Friday, um, which is good, and uh yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens over the weekend. But you know what? Thankfully, it's a long weekend, um, so you know we got that extra Monday off, um, which will be really really nice. I know me being a student, I really really appreciate having the extra day off to just you know um, catch up on some schoolwork and whatnot. Um, we'll see if I actually do end up doing that. Um, if we're being a little realistic um i will probably sleep in as it's gonna be one of my last few times to sleep in um until reading week which uh we actually have a reading week this year at queen's university for any queen's folks listening and if you didn't know that um usually we just get um a little two-day thursday friday off um in the middle of october but this year we actually have a full reading week that is taking place from october 26th to the 30th um queen's university students have that week off um which is super great um you know so they can prep for midterms because that is totally what we will be doing during that week off um but besides that um we have some interesting stuff to talk about this um on this on today's show a few weeks ago in september um around mid-september the royal astronomical society in the uk made a groundbreaking announcement that some form of life had been detected on the planet venus so today on zoom i have with me um connor stone who is a phd candidate of queen's university and he and i are going to be talking about this well he mostly is going to be talking about this amazing announcement and what it means um so let's welcome connor stone to cfrc 101.9 FM. I hope you're doing well today. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself just to start off this interview? I'm just starting my third year of PhD studies here at Queen's University. I study uh, galaxies, specifically the cosmic variability of galaxies. Um, So there's known connections between parameters. A a bigger galaxy is also brighter, is also more heavy. Um, But there's there's some variability in that the same size galaxy two two galaxies with the same size may have different brightness okay and the exact nature of that variability is what i study okay that's awesome um and i know that you're also the queen's observatory coordinator and um what sort of stuff do you do with that organization and is there anything that's maybe coming up that you can tell people that may be interested that they can maybe check out Yeah, I'm very excited about this. So at the observatory pre-COVID, we did in-person tours of the observatory. But since COVID, we've moved our activities online. And we're actually in the process of starting up a observatory podcast. 
Oh, that's so cool. So you can find our Facebook page or our Twitter and or our website. And we're going to be posting a podcast soon. Awesome. Uh, starting regularly. Nice. And what kind of topics um, will those podcasts cover? And like, how often do you think you'll be posting on them? Well, we're going to um, try and stick to some topical things. So actually, we're going to do a podcast about the same topic we're going to be talking about today. Okay, awesome. Um, we're also going to interview some professors about their work cool. and graduate students about their work. Hopefully, uh, well, we're going to start off with once per month, but hopefully we can increase that rate for the podcast. Yeah, for sure. That's really awesome and exciting. Um, so obviously, given um, our conversation today is about um, a major announcement that was issued by the Royal Astronomical Society um, earlier this week about um, the planet Venus. And I was just wondering if you could tell our listeners um, what's happening, what the announcement was and why it's so important. Right. So astronomers have detected phosphine gas on Venus. And uh, the way that they did this was using uh, some very special astronomical telescopes, the James Clerk Maxwell Telescope in Hawaii and the uh, Alma Telescope in Chile. And what they, this phosphine gas that they detected is very surprising because in the chemistry of Venus, phosphine should break down. It's, it's a relatively simple molecule, so there's many ways to produce it. But there's also many ways to break it down. And that means that there has to be a source of phosphine constantly replenishing the atmosphere. Okay. And on Earth, the main source that we know of is the breakdown of biological material, indicating that there's life. Um, so that's what's very exciting about detecting phosphine on Venus. Awesome. Um, and what are sort of your thoughts on it? And do you think that it is life or, um, as Nicole, not sure how to pronounce her name properly, but Mortillaro of CBC noted, um, it's just strange chemistry. Like what, what are your kind of, what's your thought on it? Yeah. Well, my, my response to that is life itself is strange chemistry. Um, <laughs> it's very true. And so there's, there's definitely some strange chemistry going on, and that's what's so exciting about this discovery, is we've had chemists uh, do their best to try and figure out how this phosphine is being produced, and uh, they just cannot come up with a way to do it without life. Um, so as it stands right now, we don't know if it's life, but we do know that it's something new and interesting, and that's very exciting. Yeah, definitely. I myself like kind of uh, I tuned in for um, about 40 minutes of the live stream until like the Q&A session. And it was pretty interesting. Not that I have much like knowledge or any knowledge for that matter, like on astronomy and all this kind of um, chemistry and whatnot. But it was really interesting to hear them speak about it and have this whole presentation. Yeah. Yeah, they did a very good job of making the announcement accessible so everyone could join in in the excitement. Yeah, for sure. And it was pretty like decently easy to understand for someone of like me like with no background in this sort of thing so it was certainly it was... still some pretty technical stuff in there though. oh for sure hands down definitely um but the overall concept yeah um and i guess my next question is what impact might um findings like this have um on the field of astronomy and um the sort of research that's been um going on right so uh if it turns out to be life obviously 
um, discovering life is incredible and, and amazing. But if we discover life on Venus, Venus is a very inhospitable environment. Okay. The surface is over 400 degrees Celsius. The atmosphere is full of sulfuric acid. Um, if life can survive on Venus, that might mean that there's more life in the universe than we ever imagined before. It may be everywhere uh, and we just haven't been able to see it yet. If it's not life on Venus, if this phosphine gas is being produced by something else, then that will inform our future searches for life elsewhere in the universe. Because right now, phosphine gas is considered a bioindicator, an indicator that life might be on a planet. Okay. But if we, if if scientists disprove that, then we'll know going forwards not to use phosphine when we look at other planets. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And has, um, I'm not sure, but um, has like, you know, um, potential life been discovered on Venus before or like, um, hype, like hypothetical or hy- hypotheses about it, for example? Well, so people have hypothesized um, ways that life could eke out a living on all sorts of different worlds. Right. And even before this discovery, people imagined that life if it existed on venus it would have to live its entire life cycle in the atmosphere mm-hmm. which um there's certain layers of the atmosphere that are temperate enough that the life wouldn't immediately bake um but it still has to contend with sulfuric acid so people imagine some pretty strange life on venus mm-hmm. and this discovery sort of brings that right up to the surface again. And now people are imagining even more ways that life could possibly exist on Venus. Yeah, totally. And what sort of excites you the most about this announcement and the research that came off it? Well, obviously the prospect of life is very exciting. But aside from that, um, what I like is that this was really a multidisciplinary uh, discovery. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there was first the detection of phosphine, and that's very much an astronomy topic. You need a telescope to discover that. But then uh, chemists got involved and biologists got involved, and the final research was actually done in collaboration with many people in different fields, trying to come up with every possible idea they could Mm -hmm. to sort of disprove that this signal came from life. Right. And after all of their hard work, working together, they couldn't do it. And that's what makes it such a strong result. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and is there anything else that you'd like to add or say before we end off? Sure. I'd like to say that uh, there's still lots more to do. The researchers are obviously going to follow up this analysis and look at the phosphine more carefully where it is in the Venus atmosphere and Uh, what concentration it has as a function of time. So across the Venus year, does the concentration fluctuate? And they also want to send probes to Venus to sort of see it more directly. Okay, very cool. So there's still lots to do in this, and that's what's exciting as well. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully some more exciting news will come out of this in like a few years or however long I guess it would take. Yeah, well, they're going to be very careful, but they're going to be working very hard on this. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, well, thank you so much um, for chatting with me about this uh, announcement and this new discovery and stuff. It was really great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. 
Well, that was a great interview that we had with Connor Stone of Queen's University to talk about the amazing announcement from the Royal Astronomical Society. But moving on, we're going to break it down and talk about some stuff that is going on um, today in YGK. I think that's the first time I've said the show name in the show. Um, but the Kingston Health Sciences Center, also known as KHSC, they have an, they were working on an on implementing an online booking system for its COVID-19 assessment center, which is currently located at the Beech Grove Complex. It moved from the Leon Center, um, and it was supposed to go live yesterday, but unfortunately it did not, and they are also trying to finalize a telephone booking system for those who cannot access a computer or a smartphone. Um, however, right now, what um, the procedure is, is that people can arrive at the Beech Grove Complex, um, and people will be briefly screened upon arrival to the community community center and they will be assigned an appointment time in which they can go get tested. Um, obviously, Ontario has put in new guidelines as to who can um, complete assessment for COVID-19. Um, obviously, these people are people who have symptoms, people who have been in contact with someone who is a positive case, um, people who work or live in a setting where there is a COVID outbreak, and those who are also part of the initiative. Um, so that way, um, right now, the, the government is just trying to prioritize people who are at highest risk um, of having COVID. Um, but there are some pharmacies that are opening up around the province um, which, and they will be allowing COVID testing. Unfortunately, we don't have any in Kingston at the moment, but hopefully um, that will be made more accessible and stuff. I think the closest one would be Ottawa uh, at the moment. Um, but yes, the Beach Grove Complex is open seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if you do have symptoms, if you do feel the need to get tested um, and you meet those four criteria guidelines, um, please visit the Beach Grove Complex. It is just located at Portsmouth and Sir John A., as of this morning, we only have 24 active cases of COVID-19 in the KFLNA region, um, which is really great. It was at 27 yesterday, so it has dropped down, um, which is great. There are four new cases, but seven have been resolved, meaning it is now at um, only 24 active cases. A man in his 40s has contracted the virus, a female under the age of 20, and two males um, also under the age of 20. Um, and all of these um, have been contracted through close contact. Um, the people under the age of 20 were um, not related to secondary or elementary schools. Um, they are um, Queen's University students, two of those confirmed cases. Um, as Queen's University posted on their website. They have a new um, COVID-19 case tracker on their website, which is great, um, but there have been 22 cases um, of COVID-19 linked to the university, so there are quite a lot there. For Queen's students um, who show symptoms or are feeling ill, um, and if you meet the criteria, um, you can go get tested right on campus, which is super great. You can go to Mitchell Hall, 69 Union Street, just book an appointment with Student Wellness Services, and they will take you in for an appointment to get COVID-19 tested. But if you are feeling ill, if you do have symptoms, um, isolate, um, don't go outside, don't meet people, obviously, and just take care of yourself um, and go get tested if you can and if you fit those guidelines and also just monitor for symptoms if they continue to develop, which hopefully they don't and you are actually safe. Um, but yeah, we only have 24 cases, so hopefully we start to see those numbers drop a little bit more um, over the next couple weeks and whatnot. Um, but Kingston has done over 68,000 tests and only out of those 156 
Um, we've only had 156 cases since March, so we're doing pretty well, um, I would say, for a region. Um, but, you know, still, stay, still sit, stay safe, wear your mask, wash and sanitize your hands, don't interact with people outside of your household. The Ontario government also put a pause on social circles, so you're only supposed to interact with people in your household. I know that Ford kind of made that a little bit confusing, especially with, like, Thanksgiving coming up, and he was not being very clear, but he's saying stick within your household, not more than 10 people, um, don't interact outside of that, but, you know, if your household is that 10 people, just stick with them, um, you know, get to know them, um, <laughs> I guess that's really all that we can do right now, um, to stay safe and protect our community. Um, speaking of universities and whatnot, um, Royal Military College of Canada, RMC, is sending their cadets home for the remainder of the term, actually, um, over this weekend, over Thanksgiving weekend, due to COVID-19. Um, there were first-year students who had been brought to campus um, just to undergo some of their um, training um, that they have to do um, to begin their studies at RMC, as stated in an article by the Kingstonist. And as they were coming to Kingston at the beginning of the year, they were to self-isolate for two weeks, um, so that way they could um, do their in-person training. And no one tested positive during that, after that period rather, or during it. Um, and RMC has been um, has not really had any cases, um, which is really great. However, with everything going on and with the slight outbreak, um, the commandant of RMC um, decided that it would be the best decision to send um, students home for the remainder of the term. And obviously, um, that's not what they would have wanted, um, and they would have wanted them to stay here and whatnot. Um, but obviously, to keep the community safe and to keep... Um, their student safe rmc decided to do this because it was the right and responsible responsible um decision to make um they do plan on having students back um for the winter term in january but depending on how the pandemic kind of um goes over over the next few months specifically in kingston um they will see um, whether or not that is feasible. Um, but the college itself is not closing down. They will be providing support to all their students remotely. Um, operations are business as usual, as stated in a letter, but they will be sending um, their cadets home, unfortunately. In more COVID-19 news, there is an awesome webinar happening tomorrow um, through Queen's University um, in partnership with Bell Let's Talk, and it is a free online webinar that is called Student Mental Health in the Age of COVID-19, um, and this is um, coinciding with Mental Illness Awareness Week, which has been running this week until October 10th, and the panel will feature four Queen's University healthcare professionals as well as mental health experts. So we have Dr. Jane Philpott, who is the Dean of Faculty of Health Sciences and the Director of the School of Medicine at Queen's. She is also the former Federal Minister of Health. We have Dr. Heather Stewart, who is a Queen's professor, researcher, and champion of mental health, and she is also the Bell Canada Chair in Mental Health and Anti-Stigma Research. Research. We have Dr. Ann Duffy, who is an academic psychiatrist who specializes in mental illness research among young people. And we have Dr. Brooke Linden, who is a postdoctoral fellow with research in focusing and improving the understanding of stress among students. So this is a great webinar for people, um, whether you're a student or whether you're not a student and you just want to learn um, how to spot signs of a mental illness um, and tips for taking care of your mental health and some practices um, to take care of yourself. 
yourself. So this free online webinar is taking place um, tomorrow, Thursday, October 8th at 11.30 a.m. EST. Um, and people can go on the queensu.ca website and you can look for the event there um, and attend it. It is free, which is really awesome. Um, and it could probably teach you a lot. Um, so I would highly recommend checking that out if you're interested, especially with everything going on. There is a large focus on mental health, especially in students um, and how they have been adapting to um, online learning and all that sort of stuff. Myself being a student, it has definitely been a struggle, definitely been a different and new experience for sure. Um, and I'm still learning and, and I think I still will be learning. I still haven't cracked the code yet, even though it's been a month. Um, so it is um, totally something that um, you all should check out if you're interested. Um, but that's about all I have for you folks this week. Um, I hope that you stay safe. I hope that you have a lovely, lovely long weekend, a happy Thanksgiving weekend, um, that you enjoy it. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK. I hope that you have a great rest of your Wednesday. I hope that the sun comes out tomorrow a little bit um, so we can enjoy a little bit um, of some nice sunshiny and warm weather over the next few days before it really starts to, before the cold really starts to, um, you know, creep into Kingston and whatnot. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.